This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes one through four. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other manscaped items that's manscaped.com What's going on, Who That Nation? It is your truly TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Hope everybody's having a good morning because we are recording this or streaming live on a Friday morning. And thank you so much for tuning in on this edition of the State of the Saints podcast. We're going to be talking about Saints training camp and we're going to be talking about the highs and the lows of saints training camp but thank you so much for choosing the state of the saints podcast and making it a part of your friday if you're uh, tuning in on a friday special shout out to everybody in the chat right now and also want to give a special shout out to my guy rp3 from rp3 and company at 103.7 the game um i was on there uh this morning uh talking saints football and i will be throughout the entire 2021 season i will be on there every friday or every other friday uh talking saints football throughout the 2021 season so special shout out to 103.7 the game appreciate the opportunity to be a contributor throughout the season appreciate that but let's go ahead and talk about saints training camp let's go ahead and talk about the highs and the lows okay uh let's go ahead and, and address the elephant in the room um is a hot topic on social media. Uh, this whole quarterback battle. Um, people are critiquing these two quarterbacks. Every pass they throw, every decision that they make, everybody's getting all nervous and stuff like that. Anytime they hear that one of these quarterbacks throw an interception, first off, I want to tell everybody out there this might be a shock to everybody that's tuning in. 
But even the great Drew Brees drew interceptions in training camp. But of course, we don't pay attention to that. And everything that these guys do that is bad is amplified. So I just want to encourage those people that are looking at these guys, make decisions and, and, and critiquing it with a fine tooth comb to calm down. Please calm down. Pretty please. Okay. This is a new system that these guys are trying to get used to. They are trying to figure it out. They're trying to develop chemistry. And of course, they're trying to make the best decisions possible. And they're trying to make plays because, of course, this is a competition. But I think people are missing a huge point. They are missing a ginormous point, an ambiguous point. The point that the defense is really looking good. I don't understand why people are so upset because this is something that we have wanted for I don't know how long from the Saints. The defense stepping up, the defense making plays, the defense creating turnovers. This is what we wanted. This is what we asked for. And this is also something that a lot of members of the Who That Nation also need to pay attention to. Once these quarterbacks start clicking and gelling, and, and doing their thing, it's going to be really, really good because they're going up against stiff defensive competition. You ever heard of that old saying, iron sharpens iron, right? There's a reason why most likely a wide receiver steps his game up if he's going up against an elite cornerback or vice versa. There's a reason why a cornerback steps his game up when he's going up against an elite wide receiver. You know, so once these guys start to click and gel and get everything together, they're going to be really good. So I'm encouraging people to calm down. So let's talk about the highs. The highs, you have to say, is the defense. And let's start with Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore has really been stepping it up. He has not allowed much <laughs> coming his way, which is expected of Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore is an elite cornerback. When he wants to be an elite cornerback, he steps his game up. He is the he is a Randy Moss uh, type player playing on defense. You remember when Randy Moss said, "I play when I want to." It's kind of the same thing with Marshawn Lattimore. When he's motivated to play, there's not many in the game that's better than him. So he is really stepping his game up. He is really shutting down his side of the field, and he's definitely trying to do this because right now, man, he's playing for a big time contract and you better believe that he's going to get it and i don't think that it will have anything to do with him being suspended i don't think that his suspension is going to play a role in him getting top dollar he, he if he plays really well this season he's going to get top dollar so marshawn Lattimore is one of the highs for me another person that is one of the highs is peyton turner the rookie out of houston the guy that is really stepping up that is really wreaking havoc, that is really pushing the offensive line back. Now, say what you want to say. He did it against guys that were reserves and backups. But when you see a young guy coming in hungry and ready to rock and roll, I mean, being physical, not afraid to go out here and step his game up, you have to give him his credit. And you also got to like his personality, man. The, at the moment, is not too big for him. He's a guy that, that that's sure of himself. He has a lot of confidence, and he's making plays. And I like the fact that I'm starting to hear about some of these young guys 
like the Peyton Turners, like the Paulson Adebos, like the Pete Warners, stepping up, stepping up when the pads came on. See, a lot of people are like, oh, man, such and such making plays. I don't really pay attention when guys are making plays in shells and shorts. I don't. I don't. I, don't. I, I, I like when the pads come on because that's where you really separate the men from the boys. And these guys have really stepped up once they, they put their pads on. You're hearing – Paulson Adebo stepping up. Now you hear Pete Warner uh, making plays. And you also hear about Peyton Turner. And also Marcus uh, Davenport making plays in practice. So a lot of highs coming from the defense. Now we got to talk about the lows, man. Uh, this is a low, but no uh, fault of his own. I'm talking about Keith Washington, man. Keith Washington, uh, the second, uh, he ended up going on IR. Uh, Y'all know that Keith Washington uh, was on the show a couple weeks ago. He was talking about how he, you know, he worked out in the offseason and he got himself prepared for this opportunity. So want to wish my guy Keith Washington a speedy recovery. Uh, That's definitely, you know, a low, not so much about his play, but just the fact that he won't have an opportunity uh, to compete in training camp uh, for for now. And also, man, one of the lows is uh, Traquan Smith. Uh, Traquan Smith being injured don't know how long he's going to be out uh you know they say that it's not something that's serious but Traquan Smith is that wide receiver that a lot of us are looking at that has been in this system that is the veteran that is on this offense that to try to help out Jameis Winston we've seen him uh working out in the offseason with Jameis we've seen him out here you know uh making plays and catching passes and also He's one of those guys that any one of these quarterbacks that if it's Jameis or Taysom that, you know, they're going to have to lean on. So it's definitely a low that he's injured. Uh, another low is Latavius Murray. Look, I don't know what's going on with Latavius. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why Latavius Murray is not getting uh, a fair share of carries in practice. Devontae Freeman has been getting uh, more carries than Latavius Murray. I don't understand this. I don't know if the Saints are trying to shop around Latavius. I don't know if they're trying to move on from Latavius, maybe trying to save some money. I don't know what's going on here. But Latavius Murray deserves better. Latavius Murray, every time he came into the game last season, he made plays. Anytime his number was called, Latavius Murray stepped up. When Alvin Kamara was out, Latavius Murray made plays. He averaged 159 yards from scrimmage in the absence of Alvin Kamara and also in a playoff game man he made some plays as well so I don't understand why people or why you know Latavius Murray has not been getting carries I really just don't understand that that's one of those lows for me because he deserves much more than you know than what he's been getting man that that's definitely a a low for me um another low uh for me as of right now uh has got to be um the fact that we still don't know who's going to be the number two cornerback. Um, you know, a guy hasn't really emerged to take that spot uh, just yet. I mean, I've heard some things about Ken Crawley making some plays. Uh, I heard Paulson Adebo stepping up. They got Prince of Mukamara. Uh, those are some, you know, some guys, but nobody really stood out just yet. So that just kind of makes me a little bit nervous uh, going into the season, man. I don't know if the Saints need to go out here and maybe find somebody or maybe they're waiting for preseason to start where we can really find out who is separating themselves in this entire competition. But I would like to see more. I would like to hear more from guys that are stepping up. I mean, like I said, you hear about guys, you know, that, that are making plays, but you don't really hear 
uh, you know, a guy just basically just, you know, taking over completely. All right. So those are some of the highs and lows for me. I would love to hear from you. What are some of the highs and the lows that you're hearing from Saints training camp? Thank you all so much. Go ahead and read some of these comments and going to go ahead and get started. We're going to start with Saints 01. Saints 01 says Sam Donald has uh, thrown over 14 this camp. So that don't mean nothing that our quarterbacks only uh, thrown two. I think we're doing okay. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. You have uncertainty in the Houdat Nation. Everybody's so uncertain about these quarterbacks right now. Nobody knows who is going to emerge. We never seen, uh, we haven't seen a, a different quarterback, you know, in 15 years. And the quarterback that we had spoiled us as Saints fans because we never had to worry about consistency at the quarterback position. So people are looking for perfection and people subconsciously are looking for Drew Brees. But neither one of these guys are Drew Brees. So you need to eliminate that from your mind. You know, some people want to get mad at me and come at me and talk about, oh, TJ said that, you know, they, they you know, we don't need another Drew Brees and these guys don't need to be better than Drew Brees and all that. I'm like, no, they don't. They just need to be themselves. You know, Drew Brees left a lasting mark with us as fans. But guys are going to play the quarterback position different, regardless if you're a Taysom fan or a Jameis fan. Or, you know what I'm saying, I would love for you to be a fan of both, but you know how that goes. If Taysom comes in, you know he's going to be a little bit of a dual threat. They're, they're probably going to run some offense similar to that of a Baltimore Ravens. Or with Jameis, you're going to see a little bit more down the field throws, you know, because of his arm, his arm talent. So people are looking for Drew Brees, and, you know, like I don't feel like that's fair to either one of those guys because – Drew Brees left an expectation in New Orleans that I feel like unless a quarterback just goes out here and win multiple Super Bowls, they're never going to be able to replicate. So I will hope that these guys, either one of these guys can lead the Saints to a Super Bowl. But I mean, that's the only way that those guys can, you know, separate themselves uh, from that big number nine shadow that is looming and is going to forever loom over uh, the Saints organization. So I just don't think that they need to be like Drew Brees. You know, people critiquing these guys throwing interceptions and stuff like that, like Drew Brees don't throw, didn't throw interceptions in training camp. He didn't throw interceptions in games. If you go look at Drew Brees' stats, he's had like, you know, seasons where he had 15, 18, 20 interceptions in a Saints uniform. But of course, the, the, the moments that he gave us are so positive that we forget about some of those moments where, you know, there were some mistakes that were made because when a guy does so much good, we amplify, you know, the positive things and we minimize the negative things. But if you look at Drew Brees' stats, I mean, Drew Brees has thrown his fair share of uh, picks and, you know, and all those type of things. So I just think that we need to, uh, you know, just chill out, man. We're critiquing these guys a little bit too rough and allow these guys to figure it out. Let's go, uh, Jerry, giving a shout-out to Roderick Castle, who is a supporter, says, good morning, says, who that? Uh, Zadek says, Jerry Poor, giving a shout-out to him. Dill Pickle says, if Drew Brees had the Dome Patrol for his entire career, uh, he would have as many rings as Tom Brady, and that's facts. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I know he'll have more than one. 
I don't think he'll have, you know, seven Super Bowls. I, that'll be kind of, uh, that'll be kind of far fetched. But I think that he would have uh, more than one. I think that the Saints waited too long in order to try to fix the defense. And by the time the Saints fixed their defense, Drew Brees was almost in the twilight of his career. So they didn't really have the opportunity to get the Drew Brees when he was in rare form. Uh, you know, all those different years when he was throwing for all those yards was because, you know, they didn't have a really good defense. Uh, Black and Gold Breakdown Podcast, Aaron says, facts, defense is fighting for starting jobs just as much. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Like, we need to understand this. If the offense was getting the best of the defense, I would be nervous about the defense, right? The fact, look, I don't concern myself about the offense because we know Sean Payton is an elite play caller. He is going to call the plays to get the ball down the field and the Saints are going to score. Like, we, we know that. that. that This is not going to be one of those situations. I am happy that the Saints defense is getting the best of the offense because we have seen the offense get the best of the defense for years when it comes to Saints training camp. So for me, this is great. This is this is awesome stuff right here. And if if you've been following the Saints for a long time, you should be just as happy. You know, I know we like to see points being put up. We like to see down the field throws because we haven't seen that many over the last couple of years. But I'd rather see defense creating turnovers, guys turning their head around, guys perfecting technique, guys are, you know, with good hip work and good footwork and good eye discipline on the defensive side of the football because these are the things that the Saints have been lacking for years. How many times have we done shows on the State of the Saints podcast where we talk about, oh, this guy would have had an interception and he ain't turned his head around. Oh, this guy would have made the play if he if he would have turned his head around. Oh, he could have batted that ball down. These guys working on their technique with the addition of Chris Richard, who I feel like is an additional defensive coordinator, he is helping these guys maximize their potential. So I have no problem with hearing about the defense. I have no problem with them creating turnovers. Have no problem with them getting to the backfield, sacking quarterbacks, because that's what we want to see when the regular season starts. This is what we want to see because we expect the defense, or I expect the defense, I won't put no words in your mouth, but I expect the defense to be the catalyst this year. I want the defense to step up because there might be a time where the offense may have to figure it out. It'll probably take them a couple weeks in order for the chemistry to develop. And if you have a defense that can create turnovers. If you have a defense that can get those three and outs, it gives the offense more opportunities to figure it out. If you have a defense that's out here getting misused and abused, you're counting on your offense that is relatively fresh and is trying to figure it out. Some of y'all probably played NBA 2K before, right? If you ever played NBA 2K and you played on franchise mode, if you look at the bottom right hand of the screen, they have something called chemistry, right? And if you just put your team together, your chemistry might be at 50, 56%. But if you start to play and you start to win games, you notice the percentage of chemistry starts to develop. And then all of a sudden, your team starts to win. Your team starts to click. If you start simulating the games, you win more games due to the fact of the chemistry. So the offense, as many reps as they can possibly get to develop this chemistry, if the defense goes out there and make plays, it will help the offense. 
So for all the people that are upset about the offense right now, I just want you to look at it that way. The defense stepping up is going to help the offense create more opportunities to develop chemistry. King Arthur says, what up, TJ? Who has impressed you so far? Who's impressed me so far is Peyton Turner. Uh, Peyton Turner uh, coming in wreaking havoc. Uh, you know, um, he still has to work on his uh, run stopping ability. So we we have ourselves a Dexter Manley type situation. Right? <laughs> so some of you that may not know who Dexter Manley is, Dexter Manley uh, was a defensive end for the Washington Redskins, uh, as they were called back in the day. And he was really good at putting pressure on a quarterback, but he lacked the ability to stop the run. So a lot of the times <laughs> they would take him off the field, uh, you know, and run situations and stuff like that. So, you know, he he's really stepping up Peyton Turner when it comes to getting pressure on a quarterback. So probably on third downs and stuff like that, he'll probably be on the field. He has to work on his uh, run stopping ability. But besides that, um, I have to say that I'm impressed by the young man, especially since, uh, you know, Saints fans uh, like myself and, so many others on draft night were like, man, what's going on here? Why did they decide to get this guy? I mean, he's definitely making us eat crow as of right now, you know, um, in regards to uh, his production uh, at the defensive end position. Jared says, I wish y'all uh, tuned in to the round table on a big low country sports channel. Big Q was there along with the entire who that nation, the great Saints think tank. We had fun. Well, man, shouts out to all those guys over there, man. They do an outstanding job. Uh, didn't get opportunity to check it out. I, I'll go and check it out a little bit later. Been, you know, doing a little bit of, uh, you know, ripping and running, as uh, my mom would say, uh, for the last couple of days, man, trying to get prepared. Uh, me and my wife, uh, we're going to uh, Puerto Rico on tomorrow. So just been trying to get ourselves prepared, getting things uh, situated for our trip, uh, you know, for our anniversary. So um they haven't got a really opportunity to really look at so many things or even like do some shows but i'm definitely gonna check it out man because those guys do an outstanding job shouts out to each and every one of them deal says i remember giving peyton turner a chance because of how well uh we have been drafting recently besides davenport yeah you know i always say give him a chance but i just didn't understand the pick and i guess you know i mean to me i don't under i i I understand why Saints fans were upset because the entire time we were all talking about cornerbacks, even Sean Payton in an interview said, man, we got to get a cornerback. We got to get a cornerback. And everybody just thought that they were going to get a cornerback. And then all of a sudden when Peyton Turner comes out, I'm like, what? I mean, it basically came out of nowhere. So, I mean, I never said that he can't be a good player. They had, my opinion had absolutely nothing to do with him as a player. It had everything to do with the fact that, you know, it was almost like that Jordan Love uh, uh, article a couple of years ago, right? Air, you know, the Saints are how on Jordan Love. The Saints love Jordan Love, this, that, and third. So we all thought they were going after him, and all of a sudden they get Caesar Ruiz. So the Saints always, like, I don't know if it's the Saints organization or the articles that get put out that get us, like, all, like, focus in on one particular position but it had absolutely nothing to do with Peyton Turner as a player in my opinion I just thought that they needed a cornerback more but if you're going to get a player in the first round uh you definitely don't want to miss and as of right now it looks like uh he is all that they thought he would be and more especially at this time of the year 
Latavius Murray is underrated. He could be a starter on a few teams. That's absolutely right, Deal. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, I said this morning on RP3 and Company on 103.7 The Game. I said that Latavius Murray is the bridesmaid and never the bride. He's a guy that nobody really wants to give this, this guy an opportunity to be that starting running back, which I don't understand because everywhere that he went, he made an impact. He made an impact when he was in Oakland. He made an impact when he was in Minnesota. And he made an impact when he joined the Saints organization. So I don't understand why people are so low on Latavius Murray. I don't know if it's because of his personality. He's not one of those guys that's like a rah-rah guy. He's a, he has a quiet demeanor about himself. And he's just about his business. And I don't feel like just because a guy isn't wired a certain way doesn't mean that you have to be low on him. Because anytime Latavius Murray comes into the game, you know that he's in there. Anytime his number is called or he has to carry the load, he goes out there and he delivers. It'll be one thing if he goes out there and he doesn't make plays. Or he goes out there and he doesn't get a high yard per carry. Is you know, most likely you're supposed to get about five yards a carry. He he normally gets that, you know, on those little short carries that he gets. He probably averages about 10 or 12 carries a game. So the fact that he goes out there and perform, I really don't understand like why people just make things so hard for Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray to me is the modern day Pierre Thomas. That's who he is. He's the modern day Pierre Thomas. I'm not talking about as far as like running screens and all that kind of stuff. Pierre Thomas, when he was playing for the Saints, it seems like Sean Payton and offensive staff were just trying to find all different type of reasons or ways to try to get him out the door or try to get somebody else to take his place. And Pierre Thomas just went out there and just outperformed and outworked everybody. That's Latavius Murray. Everywhere that he goes, he goes out there and he outperforms and he outplays anybody that comes in front of him. I don't understand it. I don't know why people don't give this guy an opportunity. It's not like he a bad teammate. It's not like he has a bad personality. It's not like he's a locker room cancer or something like this. He's a guy that works hard and he's about his business. So, I just think that Latavius Murray deserves better. And I really just don't understand why somebody else is getting the majority of his carries and he's not getting getting it. And I don't want to hear that stuff about, oh, you know, Devontae Freeman just got here and they just trying to work on his conditioning. Hell, these guys have uh, had a whole entire offseason. So everybody needs to work on their conditioning. So me personally, you know, I really don't understand that. He deserves better in my opinion. Paulson Adebo and Chris Hogan. Uh, showed me something at training camp. Yeah, definitely, definitely showed me something, man. You know, Paulson Adebo uh, definitely has shown me something. And also Chris Hogan. It's definitely showed me something as well. So, um, you know, Chris Hogan is just a guy that goes out there and he just catches everything. And that's that's something that, that every team needs. You know, you looked at Tampa, you know, they had Scotty Miller, uh, you know, New England for many years had Wes Welker and then even Denver when Peyton Manning was there. Shouts out to Peyton Manning uh, being in the Hall of Fame. But Wes Welker, you know, he just goes out there and just catches everything. And I think that you need a guy like that. You need a guy that goes on what I call those suicide missions, you know, catches those passes that people don't normally catch, you know. Um, you know, so Chris Hogan definitely uh, is a guy that I think the Saints are going to need, especially because Michael Thomas isn't going to be there. You need a guy that has a, a high catch rate to be able to uh, compensate for the loss of 
a guy that averaged about 85% catch rate in Michael Thomas. Andrew Dowell, a uh, name is coming up a lot, uh, making plays. Hope the young man keeps balling. Yeah, Tro, uh, that's the thing. Like, there's always a guy in camp that, you know, that steps up, becomes like a fan favorite to make the team. Uh, Big Hill was uh, one of those guys um, a couple of years ago. You know, I mean, there's always a guy in Saints camp that always steps, I mean, that steps up and we hope that they make the team. Andy Tanner was a guy for many years that we always was rooting for. So Andrew Dowell out of Michigan State uh, is a solid linebacker. Definitely uh, can have a place on special teams, especially since Craig Robinson is not no longer with the team. So if he continue to make plays, you know, that's probably how he's going to end up making the team is on a special team. So as long as he's out there making some noise, he has a strong possibility of making the team. Uh, Greg, uh, thank you very much for being a supporter. Good morning to you, man. Thank you for being here. Robert says, who that? Jerry says, I play NBA 2K on Dreamcast and Xbox. Man, you need to step the game up on that with Jerry. <laughs> uh, you know, two, they still making 2Ks. <laughs> but I remember the Dreamcast. Definitely, man, one of the best uh, gaming systems. Uh, unfortunately, man, they had a few glitches in it and they no longer made them. But I used to enjoy that, man. And I, I like to collect classic, uh, you know, game systems. So definitely going to be looking on, looking in and uh, trying to get a Dreamcast pretty soon. Hello, TJ. I gave Peyton Turner a chance. Yeah, I mean, and that's a good thing. You know, I think we need to give these guys all chances, especially since we know how the New Orleans Saints, they recruit and they do a really good job at scouting. Tyrone says, TJ, you're saying the defense stays strong through the entire season. Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, they're going to have to, Tyrone. Now, I'm just saying your skepticism, if if you're thinking that, you know, that the defense isn't, going to step up because the defense always start off slow they always start off super slow they always end up getting misused abused whole bunch of pass interference calls but i am going to give them the benefit of the doubt because chris richard does an outstanding job at working with guys on their technique right this guy is like hands-on he's not like one of those guys that instruct you from afar he's a guy that's you know, putting your putting his hands on your waist and shifting your left and right and telling you how to move your feet and, and running along with you, mirroring the, the, the technique. So sometimes guys need those hand on those hands on type guys. So I want to see what this secondary looks like with Chris Richard and also these these new, uh, you know, uh, coaches. You know, I, I, I want to see how this defense uh, looks. So. I'm hearing a lot of positive things about this defense as of right now. And I'm happy that I'm hearing these positive things. So let's see how it's going to be this season. Now that we have a new secondaries coach out there that can help these guys get to where they need to be. So that, that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to. That, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, be kind. Uh, says many possibilities. Saints still to come after training camp. A lot of cuts coming, trades, free agency, et cetera. Even when we start playing, swapping, moving players and uh, positions around. Yeah, be kind. Thank you so much for being a supporter. Uh, I agree. You know, this team uh, by no means could be the team that we look at to be the 53-man roster. We've seen on countless occasions the New Orleans Saints go out and try to find other guys from other teams to come in when when players end up getting cut. So, this may not be the 53-man roster. So even though, you know, they may lack at some particular position, 
the Saints might be looking at this other team. I mean, they're looking at preseason just like us. So, you know, it might be a guy that's out there right now that might be tailor made for a Saints offense or a defense. Greg says, back in the 80s, I was in the elevator of the higher regency on Saints game day, and Dexter Manley got on. I'm 6'2", and felt like a little boy standing next to him. Yeah, man, Dexter Manley definitely uh, was a freak of nature. He he's he was one of those guys that was before their time. You know, he was about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, one of those modern-day uh, defensive ends that everybody likes, especially the New Orleans Saints. You know, they like those 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, guys with wide wingspan and Dexter Manley definitely was one of those guys. And it, it really helped him, especially like when he used to perform those, uh, those swim moves. So he definitely was a guy that, you know, could take over the game, uh, rushing, uh, the quarterback, you know, and I mean, he, he was a, a freak of nature, man. He just, <laughs> I don't know if he just didn't want to, uh, commit to run stopping or he felt like that wasn't going to get him the money. So he, he paid more attention to sacking the quarterback, but he made the hall of fame. So, hey, what up, TJ? Uh, we done hit those folks up. Got the Vax for $5. Uh, hit your boy up. <laughs> oh, man, I'm already vaccinated uh, already. Um, man, speaking of which, um, you know, I've been hearing a lot of things talking about, you know, people with vaccinations and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I really feel like it should be a choice. It's it's not a it's not a positive it's not a like a a, a well I want to say I want to say positive it's not a popular choice of words to say but this is America man I, I mean we can't pick and choose what we have the freedom of choice of doing you tell people oh you have the freedom of choice you can't say you have the freedom of choice except no no man like. If you're giving people, the, you know, the choice to make their own decisions, you got to roll with it. And if people did the research and they don't want to get vaccinated, that's on them. OK, and just speaking from somebody that actually been vaccinated, I don't feel like anybody should be, you know, obligated to do anything they don't want to do or guilt guilt tripped into anything that they don't want to do. I mean, that's just me. It can be it can sound wrong. People can roll their eyes or whatever like that. But. That's not the country that we live in. You know, like they, they call it the land of the free. We're free to do anything, you know, that we want to in the confines of the law. So I don't feel like people being guilt tripped and making a whole bunch of commercials, making people feel bad about the decisions that they make should be the answer. You should present information to those people. You should tell them where they need to get their information from and let them adjust accordingly. Me personally, I mean, I got vaccinated. I did the research. I felt like it was in the best interest of me, uh, especially being a type one diabetic, uh, spent some time in a hospital. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's just the way that I roll. Okay. But if anybody don't want to get vaccinated, they feel like, you know, they, they don't want to do it. They did the research. They're looking at different things. They're talking to people. Then that's their decision. And I don't think anybody should stop them from making that decision. I mean, that just, I mean, if we lived in a, you know, a country where they didn't have those type of rules, you know, then, you know, then that'll be one thing, but you know, let's see, let's move on to Tyrone. Uh, he says we need to trade Smith for another wide receiver that can stay healthy. Uh, well, here's the thing, Tyrone, 
how are you gonna trade a guy that's hurt? <laughs> you know, like if he has a history of being hurt, who, who's gonna go ahead and commit to that? You know, I, I, I don't know. So you can't say we need to trade him. Like, come on, man. It's like somebody. It's like you uh, going and being like, okay, man, I want to give you this car right here, but the car don't start. You know what I'm saying? All different type of problems going on with the car. Like, who you gonna sell that to? Huh? Who you gonna sell this car to? Ain't nobody gonna buy that. So if a guy is <laughs> if a guy has a history of being injured or you know like people gonna look at it like man you know what happens if he you know gets on our team he gonna get injured on our team too so look man i like trey Quan smith I, I like him man uh shouts out to matt moscona you know i was uh checking out after further review um uh, this morning I, while i was on the treadmill and you know he said that he he's gotten off the Tra- trey Quan smith train I, i'm not ready to get off yet because i, I just like trey Quan. Um, I want to see him uh, make plays and step up, and I think that he will, man. I, I want to see what he can do in this uh, new offense rather than Taysom or Jameis. Uh, if you're enjoying the State of the Saints podcast, I encourage you all to uh, go ahead and hit the thumbs up. Let everybody know that you're enjoying the show. Go ahead and uh, hit that like button. I really appreciate that. Reggie says, what up, TJ, the host? Uh, brother, what you think about the moves we made this offseason? Well, I think it's too early to tell about the moves that we made in the offseason just yet. I would like to see it in a game and, and in real time before I actually decide to make that decision. But I just think that the Saints are being very careful and they're trying to bring in guys that can contribute. Uh, and, and that's the best thing that you can do. You know, there's, there's not really too many guys that they're bringing in that would be considered a, a, a project. You know, the guys that they're getting, uh, rather is Prince of Mukamara, Devontae Freeman, guys like that have already established themselves. And also with Quan Alexander, these are guys that have uh, had levels of success on teams and have really stepped up and played at a high level. You had Devontae Freeman, uh, you know, he played for the Falcons all those years, was one of the leading rushers in, in the NFL, uh, had a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, Prince of Mukamara uh, won a Super Bowl with the New York football giants. Uh, Quan Alexander, you know, was in the Super Bowl, uh, a couple of years ago with the San Francisco 49ers, they were unsuccessful because, you know, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, easily could have won that game. So the Saints are really doing a really good job bringing guys in that have established themselves and has played on some of the biggest stages. And and that's what you want. You want those guys that come in that, that really don't need a whole bunch of work uh, done to them, not too much developing because you already have that issue at some of these other positions as you're going through a transition. And you want guys that are established, guys that are played on a high level, guys that can come in and you ain't got to worry about holding their hand. Just put them out there and they do their job. And you also got to, you know, mention Chris Hogan as well, you know, a Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. So the Saints are really doing a really outstanding job, a really outstanding job at getting the right pieces as of right now. Awesome says, how much if a tight uh, if the tight coverage and interception come from quarterback play, lack of wide receivers or improving defense? Well, look, here's the thing. You can sit up here and we can talk about that all day long, but look, you only can go up against the, the guys that you play against. And I, I am not going to look at it that way. Uh, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, like, oh, they just getting the best of them because our wide receivers aren't good or it's a new quarterback. Look, man. It's not like this is a shot because last season the, the defense was making plays in practice when Drew Brees was there. Okay. So 
it's not like it's just a coincidence. And I can even show you footage of Marshawn Lattimore, like going up against Michael Thomas and getting the best of that matchup. So for me to sit up here and just say, oh, man, they're just doing this because, oh, because this person ain't there, that person ain't there. Well, I have to tend to disagree on that because those guys were making plays last season. And I just feel like it's a reflection of how far they have come. And also another year, another level of chemistry that has been developed there. I mean, you have Malcolm Jenkins, who was there. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, who was there. Ken Crawler, who has been here and came back. And he understands the tendencies of those guys. They, I mean, they basically came into the league together. Uh, you have Demario Davis, who has been here. So a lot of these guys that are on the defense have been together. So they don't have to worry about the whole chemistry thing because they can kind of finish each other's sentences. So I don't think it has absolutely nothing to do with who's out there. I think it has a lot to do with these guys developing as as a defense. So I, that is the reason why I'm optimistic and happy and excited about that. Because you have, you know, you have guys that are on this defensive line and, and in the linebacker position and also in the secondary that are making plays. And this is something that we have wanted. And they're also doing things that, you know, wasn't really being done, you know, last season and around this time in training camp, like getting that much pressure on quarterbacks. And, you know, and also creating turnovers and also getting the best of the offense consistently. So I say, man, uh, I, you know, I, I think that this is a good move and I'm, I'm happy to, to hear that they're actually making plays. Slim South says, who that? I think the offense will have some growing pain. So the defense might have to carry our team a little bit. And, and I agree with that. And I, I hope that's the case, you know, because, look, when it comes to, you know, offense, it, it's about chemistry. You know, it's about being on the same page. And that doesn't happen overnight. That comes with reps, repetition, uh, you know, and, and, and trial and error, you know. So you're going to need that defense to step up. Wall Street says, I really want Winston to start. What do you think? Um, I want Look, would I like Jameis Winston to start? Yes. Do I think that he is going to start? Yes. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't really have any reservations, uh, you know, or I, I mean – any guy that's best for the job, that's who I want to start. But I mean, I like I said, I have, I believe that it's going to be Jameis, but look, I'm not falling into that. Both of these guys are New Orleans Saints uh, quarterbacks. So whoever they decide to pick, I'm just going to roll with them. You know, but as long as that guy goes out there and he can execute, I ain't got no problem with it. I have been following him since uh, Florida State days. Yeah, I think we all have. I think that we've all seen Jameis Winston uh throughout college i mean winning a heisman trophy part of that first college football playoff national championship team uh you know i mean he's a really 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 uh good quarterback you know when he's you know motivated and he can get out of his own way i, I really think so and i like the fact that he's extremely confident uh in himself you know you, if you hear the national media talk about him you think that he's just the worst quarterback ever. It is amazing to me how they give these other guys opportunity after opportunity to give them the benefit of the doubt. But all of a sudden, like Jameis Winston is like the worst thing ever. You can give people like Sam Darnold the benefit of the doubt. You can uh, give people like Marcus Mariota the benefit of the doubt. Hell, you can keep on parading uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to everybody's team, you know, call him Fitz Magic, you know, and, 
But when it comes to guys like Jameis, when it comes to guys like Cam, when it comes to guys like Teddy Bridgewater, you fill in the blanks. You figure it out. Okay. I mean, I don't need to, I don't need to spell it out for you. When it comes to that, like they make like these guys can't play anymore. You know, these guys have one down year or, you know, all of a sudden like they damaged goods, but they can they continuously bring these same dudes back, giving them the benefit of the doubt. And I feel like that's sad. You know, I, I feel like it's absolutely sad that they actually do that to these guys. You know, a couple of years ago, Cam Newton was a league MVP, but now everybody acting like this man can't play football no more or something like that. You know, I, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But hey, it is what it is. John, uh, TJ blocking uh, my hustle, get vaccinated, uh, a shot, trap life. Man, look, <laughs> I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to knock your hustle, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to knock your hustle, bro. Um, but um, I'm just being honest about the vaccinations, man. Uh, man, shouts out to Josh, man. Shouts out to him, man. My fellow uh, Jacksonian, Jack State University, stand up. Uh, how do you feel about the Saints defense this year? Uh, I like how they're stepping up, Josh. I, I like that, man. I like the fact that they're stepping up. They're making plays. They're doing the things that they need to do in order to get better as a defense. I can appreciate that. You know, I'm loving that right now. Robert says, if a player doesn't get vaccinated on a team, should he be subject to a cut? No, he should not. No, he shouldn't. But I will say this. He has to uh, make sure that he is uh, doing the necessary things to make sure that he does not contract uh, COVID, you know, because we know about uh, those players, you know, and what it can mean to a team. It, it can it can call for a forfeiture of a game, and that's important. What if that game is the last game of the season and you need that game to win in order for you to be in the playoffs? I mean, I would have to have five minutes with that dude. <laughs> I would have to have five minutes with this dude, man. If you called me a playoffs, by we've been <laughs> we've been battling all season long, you know what I'm saying? But um, no, I don't feel like a player should be cut uh, because of that. But that's, I mean, look, that's just the way that things are going right now. You know, if if you're not an elite player, I mean, you put yourself on the chopping block if you don't get vaccinated. Is it fair? No, it is not. It is not fair. But teams uh can do whatever they want to do. You know, I mean, it, it, owners, they can do whatever they want to do. Coaches, they can do whatever they want to do. It's, it's unfair. I feel like some... uh a lawsuit needs to be involved, but they can do what they want. It's a damn shame we finally have a defense when Breeze has finally retired. Breeze's whole career has terrible defenses. Uh, I disagree with that. I, I disagree with that. Uh, the Saints have had some really <laughs> good defenses over the last couple of years. I love Drew Breeze, but let's just call a spade a spade. Some of the best defensive performances in the playoffs have been squandered uh, by Drew Breeze not being up to snuff and playoff performances look if you want the watered down version of, of of saint football and singing praises every every day then this ain't the show i'm just calling for what it is drew Brees did not play well or up to snuff in some of those playoff performances when the defense was stepping up like if drew Brees would have played better against tampa then the saints would have been in the nfc championship game would they have beaten green bay probably you know, probably would have beat him, but Drew did not play well in those playoff games where the defense was stepping up. So we can sit up here and pretend like, oh man, you know, if if it was for the defense, nah, man. Like, like, have there been opportunities that the defense has squandered 
uh, for the Saints, yes. If you look at the, the 49ers game back in the day, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, even with the uh, whole Minnesota-Minneapolis miracle situation, I mean, the defense got them back in the game. Marcus Williams was the one that caught the interception. I mean, the first half of that game, Drew Brees played horrible, absolutely horrible. So you just got to call it for what it is, man. This defense has really been stepping up and really been playing well over the last couple of years. But unfortunately, Drew Brees was in the twilight of his career. And some of the things that he did, I mean, back in the days when he was out there really uh, slinging that rock, he couldn't do. So too little, too late. But in some of those elite playoff performances by the defense, Drew Brees couldn't deliver. I mean, we can't tell part of the story, okay? We got to tell the whole entire thing, you know? I'm just being honest. I love Drew, but we have to be real here on the State of the Saints podcast. The New Orleans Saints had opportunities to win playoff games if Drew Brees would have played better. And the defense, you know, they won the Seattle Seahawks. They won the 85 Bears, but they were a formidable enough defense in order for them to get over the hump if Drew Brees played better in some of those games. Sorry, folks. It is what it is. Rudy says, it's been a while since I've been this excited for a new season. I was hoping we keep Woods and use him on special team, otherwise keep him on the practice squad. Well, I mean, there's still opportunity that they can probably activate him, you know, if he doesn't get picked up by another team. I don't know if he has just yet, but, you know, I mean, they had to make room for other players. I mean, that, that's what happens when guys get hurt or you need uh, other positions to be filled. It's unfortunate, but. I mean, it's still a possibility he can land with the New Orleans Saints if, you know, they still feel there's a need for him. Jared says, TJ, you and your family be safe going to Puerto Rico this weekend, wishing you safe travels there. Well, I appreciate that, Jared. Thank you, man. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, having a good time. Me and my wife be celebrating our uh, first year anniversary uh, together. Uh, My birthday is also on Sunday. So (laughs) I think my wife decided for us to get married the day after uh, my birthday so I can never forget our anniversary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, um, I'm excited about it. And uh, it's been crazy, man. It's been a very fast year, uh, but I'm just excited, you know, to be able to take a vacation, man. It's been a while. Posting to Debo P. Rob is probably in the slide. A Debo played outside corner in college. I see Paulson as a starter. Yeah, man, he definitely looks the part, man. He's a physically imposing guy. He looked like he's built like he's been in the league for quite some time you know like some rookies come in they still have that small college build and it takes them a couple of years in order for them to get their man frame like posing a debo i was looking at him in the interview i'm like man this, dude, this is a big dude right here you know so i think that he can go out there and bully like some of those wide receivers man and he's gonna have some growing pains i'm pretty sure but you know i think that he he's smart enough I think he's smart enough to go out there and um, execute. I think he's a really smart football player, and he knows defensive uh, packages. He knows offensive tendencies. So I think that he has uh, all the tools to be successful. Uh, Josh says, appreciate what you're saying about the vaccine, bro. You are 100% right. Yeah, Josh, I mean, look, like I said, I took it, you know, but I feel like, you know, it's about having a choice. You know, I don't feel like you should be obligated to do anything. And I I feel like that's something that we're uh, falling into as a society in America, like us guilt tripping people and labeling people before we even get opportunity to meet those people. Like we're online and we going back and forth with people that we don't even know. Oh, we, we 
tell people they racist or we tell people that they're you know that they're homophobic or we tell these people that they don't care about nobody but themselves they're narcissistic and we don't know these folk man we don't know how people live their lives you know that that's something that is a negative when it comes to social media it's the disconnect between human beings with one another you know it used to be back in the day we used to have conversations and communicate with each other and we draw our conclusion based on those conversations with one another now we're creating opinions about one another behind a computer screen very little interaction very little uh dialogue is being you know had we just automatically just think that we know a person you know but some people just do things you know for you know some people do things for clicks and likes uh, some people do things for nefarious reasons you know we really don't know how these people are wired and some people you know you know sometimes they don't know how to put their words, you know what I'm saying, to make it, put it into context. So sometimes we need to have those type of conversations. That's why like one of the reasons I try to stay away from debates going back and forth online because those things can be misconstrued and be taken out of context. You know, that's why a lot of times if I have an opinion about something that's kind of strong that involves me to expound on, I do it on a podcast, you know, because it gives me an opportunity to put things into perspective. So uh, it's it just it's just a lost art that is going on right now. The the lack of communication, the lack of understanding from one another and, and the quick labeling of one another is really uh, making this society jacked up. TJ, uh, why did it take so long to, to get Breeze a defense? Uh, I just think that it was because of Sean Payton. Sean Payton has this this tendency of holding on to guys like he he tries to be completely uh loyal to guys he's loyal to a fault and i feel like a lot of the, the defensive coaches that he had were his friends i mean he basically grew up in a coaching system with those guys and you have to be a little bit of a robot not to you know look at these guys and be like man this is my friend he got families or what have you and it was a tough decision but it wasn't until like people start to like raise their eyebrows about Sean Payton as a coach did he start to like start to change things around. When you start to hear whispers like, "Man, well, maybe Sean Payton lost his fastball," that's when you start to see guys come in like Aaron Glenn and Mike Nolan and Ryan Nielsen, and you start to get guys you know uh, in the front office you know that that came in you know to try to change things around you know. So it wasn't until then you know, but. I think that was the reason because Sean Payton is extremely loyal. He's he's extremely honest, but he's loyal. And I think he tried to hold on to his friends a little bit too long. And I think in the process, uh, you know, he held on to him when Drew Brees was going through his prime. And not to mention, you know, Drew Brees was taking up the majority of the of the cap at that particular time. So it was kind of hard uh, for the New Orleans Saints to all, you know, navigate the salary cap. And I don't know if Kai Harley was the accountant at the time of night i'm not sure during this particular time i feel like they probably would have been able to you know do some things but it's uh, it's unfortunate but i mean they got a good defense now and it's coming at a good time especially uh when a team is going through a transition and we all know the best friend of a of a new quarterback or a young quarterback is a good defense and a good running game as of right now the saints have a really good running game with alvin kamara and and Latavius Murray and what we're hearing and what we've seen over the last couple of years, they have a really good defense as well. 
Rudy says, do you feel that Voodoo, uh, CJ Garner Johnson, will start as an outside cornerback? No, I do not. Uh, I don't feel like that's happening. I like the confidence. I like the swag, all that kind of stuff. But uh, he he does not need to be on the outside. All right? He needs to be uh, close to the line of scrimmage, blitzing and playing almost that safety slash linebacker role that he does and also play the nickel. Uh, he does not need to be on the outside. Uh, I, I don't I don't think that's a good idea. Kim said if Trey Quine uh, can't stay healthy this season, it's going to be very disappointing. Yeah, it's going to be disappointing if he doesn't stay healthy. It's going to be disappointing for not only Saints fans, but himself too. I mean, this guy trying to get paid. You know, this is a money year for Trey Quine Smith. Rather he get paid with the Saints, getting a, another contract, getting re-signed, or going somewhere else where he can get a little bit more money. But this is the, this is the deciding season for Trey Quine Smith. So, you know, a lot is on the line right now. So I hope that he can come out here and be productive and have one of those years like we've seen Trey Hendrickson have, you know, in a contract year, go out here and, and step his game up and get paid. Rather is with the Saints or, you know, in, in Hendrickson, Hendrickson's case, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyree says, I hope uh, he starts over. Uh, P.J. Williams, he can bet that six defensive backs on the secondaries. You know the Saints ha- uh, like having six DBs on the field. Yeah. Um, look, man, I ain't got no problem with P.J. Williams in certain situations. P.J. Williams is an above-average tackler, and as long as he's in a nickel, he's fine. Um, when you put him on the outside, I think he's susceptible to getting beat. Uh, but if he's playing like that safety role, that nickel role, then I ain't got no problem with P.J. Williams uh, being out there. I just think when it comes to the outside, uh, I think that's where he had the problems. And I think sometimes as Saints fans, we need to understand that and give guys the benefit of the doubt. I notice sometimes that when a guy has a certain stigma about them, Saints fans, uh, it's hard for them to let it go. Like if a guy got beat a couple years ago, he's forever going to be the guy that got beat. And anything that they do, out, you know, is never going to be good enough because they already made up in their mind this is what this guy is and who this guy is. I just feel like in certain situations, P.J. Williams can be formidable. Like in certain situations, he can't be formidable. I mean, it's, it's just what it is. But I, I'm willing to give guys opportunities because, once again, I said this before, it'll be a tad bit hypocritical of a Saints fan to say on one hand, Jameis can change the way people think about him. But on the other hand, if you look at a guy like Ken Crawley, we say, oh, nah, he damaged goods. So what's the difference? Everybody is writing off Jameis Winston. Everybody thinks that Jameis Winston is going to fail. But we as Saints fans are saying we believe in Jameis. But on the other hand, you're saying that Ken Crawley is hopeless. He's never going to amount to anything. What's the difference? Both of these guys are trying to write a different narrative. So give these guys an opportunity. I'm not going to write a guy off and wash my hands with him and say that a guy can't develop as a player. Because, I mean, we've seen Ken Crawley play pretty decent in his rookie year. I just felt like he didn't understand how it was to be a pro. He was young. You know, he probably thought, man, I started this season. I'm coming back. I'm going to start next season. And he probably didn't do the little things in order for him to develop. Because you're a rookie. Nobody really understands your tendencies. You basically came out of nowhere. And now you played an entire season. Teams got film on you and they know how to attack you. So if you're not going out there looking at film and trying to work on the little things that got you beat, then trust and believe going into the next season, the other team has been scouting you. So I think that was his downfall. But 
going to different places, you know, going to Arizona, going to Miami. I think that it helped Ken Crawley understands that, you know, NFL does stand for National Football League, but it also stands for not for long. So you have to take advantage of these opportunities that that are presented in front of you. So I'm willing to give this guy an opportunity to go out here and perform. I want to see it in real time. Uh, I think that he had a really decent game the last time I saw him playing a regular season against the Carolina Panthers. Call it for what it is. I think Carolina was already packed, but he still had a pretty good game. He had an interception. So I want to see him, you know, in real time. I want to see him actually go out here and play for me to see if, you know, he's really uh, taking any step forward. Uh, the last Saint, thank you very much for the $2, says Breeze had choked a few playoffs. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love Drew, but it, that's true. I mean, he he has not uh, performed at a high level in some of the most crucial situations uh, for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, you when you're an elite quarterback, when you're a quarterback that is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, like you can't afford to have a down game. You got to step up and you got to rise up to the occasion, you know? C.J. Garner-Johnson is uh, a slot. Yeah, he, he definitely a slot corner at best, uh, but mostly a safety, you know. Uh, I still can't believe the defense held Gronk, A.B., Gronk, and Evans to only 52 yards and still lost. I mean, it was because of all those turnovers. It was because of those turnovers, man. It was because of those turnovers. I mean, it, Man, TJ, uh, I'm just ready uh, for this quarterback battle to be over. I just want to know who's quarterback number one. Uh, I just think that the preseason will decide that for us. Um, I don't think that training camp uh, practice is going to help them make that decision. They want to see if you can execute on the field. Kim said, that's why I say, man, stop judging players before they even play a snap. Yeah, man, give these guys an opportunity to, you know, create a narrative, you know, and, and and some of those guys that probably lack, let's give them opportunity to step up. A huge weekend for you and your wife. Congratulations on a one-year wedding anniversary and happy birthday on Sunday. Man, appreciate that, Jerry. Thank you, man. Pete Warner has been showing out in training camp. I can see him in the rotation and beating out Bond. Mighty Mouse, uh, yeah, I can see him a part of that rotation. Uh, I, I, I think that Zach Bond will probably be on the field mostly on third down because, I mean, that's what he did really well at Wisconsin. He was good at at uh, pass rushing, you know, getting to the quarterback. So I could see him, you know, playing that that NASCAR package on third down, pinning his ears back, trying to sack the quarterback. But with Pete Warner, he gives you a little bit more versatility. He's a sideline, a sideline linebacker. He's a guy that can go out there. He can guard tight ends and running backs. And that's the new wave for uh, for linebacker these days, man. You got to be able to cover running backs and tight ends. Uh, if you if you don't, then you become a liability on defense. That was one of the issues with Stephon Anthony. Stephon Anthony was a classic linebacker. You know, if Stephon Anthony played in a in the early nineties or late eighties, he probably would have been one of the best linebackers in football because linebackers, you know, weren't you know supposed to go out there and and guard running backs and tight ends during those times. But this day and age, you got to be able to run alongside those running backs, and you got to be able to guard those tight ends too. And if you can't do that, then most likely you're not going to be playing on nobody's team. And if any team you're going to be playing for are going to be special teams. Uh, Let's see. I'm calling it 
we're going to be better defense than the Buccaneers. I feel like we are going to be the best defense in NFC South if Quine and Marcus Davenport stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Ty Bowles is a really formidable defense. I think that a second year uh, with that defense together collectively, we're going to be really good. You know, I mean, I just want the Saints to have a good defense. Uh, I mean, as long as they like top 10, top five defense, I'm good. And, and they're going to need to be. I see uh, Turner first round pick been balling too. Yeah, I mean, he's been all over the field. Just got to work on that that run stopping, though. Davenport had four sacks yesterday. Can this be his come out year? And I, I think that's what we're all hoping. And, you know, this will make it break a year for Davenport, too. It's not a coincidence that the Saints drafted Peyton Turner in the first round. I mean, it, it was a message that was sent to Marcus Davenport. Like, hey, man, we like you, but, hey, we need more out of you. And even with Sean Payton at, at the press conference uh, on yesterday, on Thursday, he even mentioned it. He said, uh, you know, uh, we need to see consistency. He was very he was very slow to give credit, you know, because, you know, Davenport needs to go out there and he needs to perform, man. Like he has to be consistent. And it seems like Sean Payton is, is wanting that consistency from him before he goes out there and just says, you know, yeah, the light is coming on for him. Be kind, says congratulations. Your wife is a very smart lady. Happy, happy birthday to you, TJ, my favorite host. Be kind. Thank you so much, and I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Josh says, lack of empathy. You right on, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, we definitely have that in society today, and uh, that's something that we all just needs to need to work on, you know? Um, you know, we need to learn how to understand one another. I'm not in, in the business of labeling anybody, you know, before I get to know them. You know, uh, I don't feel like that's fair. And I, I, I can't say that I know a person's personality from behind a, a computer screen. I don't. I'm excited to see our young talent in this preseason game. Also, do you see both Winston and Taysom playing a quarter piece? I can see that as a possibility. Um, I, I can see that. I can see, uh, well, if, I, if I'm a guessing man, uh, this first preseason game, I think Taysom is going to start. Uh, I think Jameis is going to come in behind, and then you're going to have Ian Book probably finish uh, the rest of the game. So you're probably going to see, you know, probably the second game of preseason since there's only three preseason games this season. So you're probably going to see, you know, one guy finish the first half, which I probably say Jameis is probably going to start the second game. Taysom probably going to finish up. First game, Taysom going to start, Jameis going to come in, and then Ian going to play. And then finally, the third game, you're probably going to see more of Ian Book, you know, than any one of those quarterbacks. Because hopefully by the third game, they decide who's going to be the quarterback. I mean, you're probably going to pretty much see everything you need to see. Uh, CFL, uh, let's see, started last night and haven't played in two years. Now it's back at 16-week season for the Canadian Football League. Yeah. You know, excited for them. A lot of those guys, you know, have not, you know, made it to the National Football League. Stills give them opportunity uh, to, you know, follow their football dream. So that's a good thing. Shouts out to the CFL. Uh, Cass says, uh, happy early birthday to you and happy anniversary, TJ. Have a safe and fun trip. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I plan on it, man. 
Uh, my prediction is offense will improve in a passing game, but the defense takes a step back from last few years. Uh, seems like the Saints can never have both sides of the ball playing great at the same time. Uh, that is true. Um, you know, if one uh, side is lacking, then the other one step up and vice versa. But I, I think that it's going to be a little bit different because I look at it from this scenario, Mike. I feel like the defense really kind of took steps back and kind of was lackadaisical because they had Drew Brees. If you notice, every time Drew was out, the defense really stepped up because they realized that they couldn't rely on Drew Brees. I think a lot of the times they felt like, oh, if we don't have it, Drew can come in, he can erase that deficit. Or if Drew doesn't, you know, if, if we, we're not, you know, on it today, Drew can come out here and, and help us, you know, and galvanize a win and, but they don't have that anymore. So you have two quarterbacks uh, that is new that are new uh, to the system. Uh, or rather, they're going to be new to being a starting quarterback if it's in Taysom, uh, you know, from a Taysom perspective. So they're going to need to step up. And I just think that they're going to take that, you know, personal and they're going to take that into consideration. And that's the reason why I feel like they're going to step up as a defense, because you can't count on like going out there starting slow. You know, because you don't know if Taysom can bring you back from a three touchdown deficit. You don't know if uh, Jameis can bring you back uh, if you're down by a couple of touchdowns. So they're going to have to start strong. And I think they're going to I think they're going to take that into consideration. Uh, Pammy says, uh, happy birthday, TJ, and happy anniversary. May God continue to bless you and your family. Thank you, Pammy. Uh, I'm going to take a few more uh, comments and then I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. Enjoy your channel. Do you see the Saints trading for wide receivers? Um, that all depends on what they're actually getting in training camp. I, I think that all of Saints' decisions are based on what they're actually seeing in training camp. John says, I'm hoping this, that uh, Jameis improves to be a better quarterback because if Taysom starts, then Jameis is on the bench. But with Jameis as a starter, you are able to have Jameis and Taysom in a game at the same time. That's a good point. And that's something I'm pretty sure Sean has thought about, especially like since you don't have Michael Thomas out there either. You know, Taysom is a weapon. So Saints 01 says, so I have said this uh, since day one. Paulson is number two guy uh, and Callaway will take the number one spot. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's looking that way. I think that the Saints wanted to be that way, to be honest with you. Brian says, what happened if Tampa Bay makes a remark about Drew Brees and Drew Brees hears about it <laughs> and week five, he comes out of retirement. It wants to play again for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I highly doubt that. I think Drew Brees is content on retiring. I think that he's at peace and um, I think that he's uh, ready to embrace his broadcasting career. Uh, my cousin, I say happy early birthday, uh, cuz love. Enjoy your vacation. I appreciate that. And tragic uh ends it with a who that. Well, thank y'all so much, man, for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate your time. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. Um, also, uh, you can follow on Facebook, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, go ahead and hit that like button if you enjoyed the State of the Saints podcast. You all take care. 
Once again, you already know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints. That's lowercase letters, all one word. State of Saints, you'll save 20% off of your purchase with Manscaped. And also, I'm doing a special competition where uh, you get a chance to win some uh, free items uh, from Manscaped. Uh, that's going to take place uh, later on at the beginning of the season. So keep it locked here to the State of the Saints podcast to find out how you can actually win some some free gifts from Manscaped. Uh, Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?